Mindfulness Mode, Episode 6. The breath is such a great mindfulness tool because it's constant. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. Today we're talking to Michael Neely about how mindfulness helped him in his acting career and more recently as a coach and podcaster. Last time we talked to Dr. Kim DeRamo about how mindfulness helped her through childhood anxiety and later how she used mindfulness as a trauma doctor. If you're listening today, I want to challenge you, Mindful Tribe. If you know anyone in the acting profession or who works on movies or TV or anyone who works in a profession with high standards, high expectations, high stress, please share this podcast with them today. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. It's a complete pleasure to introduce my guest today. This is Michael Neely with us. Michael, are you in mindfulness mode? I sure am, Bruce. (laughs) Great. Michael is a passionate entrepreneur who is constantly working to provide valuable information for his followers. He has a a seven-day-a-week podcast called Consciously Speaking, and he's busy as a coach and writer. Michael has a new book coming out called The Art of Forgetting, and of course, Michael is a strong believer in mindfulness. Michael, tell us a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about what you're working on. Yeah, it's... um... Not too different from what you do with your show, Bruce. I'm spreading the word of consciousness and awareness and mindfulness through my show, Consciously Speaking. And with a a seven-day-a-week show, that eats up a ton of my time. Uh, You'd think with that alone, it'd be difficult to also be a writer, but I am. Right. And my book is set to come out in November, and I'm doing the polishing touches on it right now. Um, so between those two things, being a parent and a, a husband, hopefully a good husband, I'll leave that to my <laughs> wife to judge. Uh, but between those things, I have a pretty full plate. It sounds like it. Michael, I'm wondering if we can go way back to what motivated you way back at the beginning to begin getting involved in mindfulness and conscious awareness. Take us back there. Yeah, we're talking ancient history now, aren't we, Bruce? <laughs> well, I okay. didn't mean to imply that, Michael. No, no, but it's true. Um, well, you know, I was raised Catholic. Uh, uh-huh. I attended a Catholic elementary school and grew up on the Scripture. And while much of what I read resonated with me, probably an equal part of it just didn't. I was seeing all these people who were professing to be good Christians and going to church every Sunday, yet they were living lives that were nowhere near what Jesus would do, if you will. And so I started seeking answers for myself, and I I found them in Buddhism, which I don't consider, by the way, I don't consider it a religion at all, but more of a philosophy for living. So I sincerely believe you could be a Catholic and a Buddhist. And by the way, I also find it interesting that much of what Jesus said was also expressed by the Buddha some 500 years earlier. So I believe there's a universal wisdom to be found there, and that's what inspired me to start practicing mindfulness, which is the primary philosophy of Buddhism. Right. So that's, that's the old, old start of it. Very interesting. So I know that you, you practice mindfulness every day, and you talk about it on your show every day, but when it comes to your life outside of your show and you know, on a personal basis with your family, how does the practice of mindfulness look there, Michael? For me, it's really something that I try to practice in every aspect of my life, and even as simple as doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. I try to do the dishes mindfully, and I also want to be sure that I don't want to come across as sounding like I'm thinking that I'm perfect at this by any means because I am far from it. 
you know, there are many times when I drift and I'll even catch myself going into autopilot or I may lose awareness of what's going on in that moment because my mind has gone off somewhere. And I believe that we all have triggers that spark us off in these things. You know, if it's anger, I could find myself getting all upset over nothing really simply, mm -hmm. you know, because I let my mind go running wild. And I don't know if you have any pets, Bruce. I, I don't know if we talked about that. Yeah, we do have pets at home. You we do have, have pets. We have okay. a dog and a couple of cats, yes. Okay, so I have a puppy, and I like to look at it like this. I think it's a great analogy. I'll walk down to get the mail, and I take my puppy with me. And if she sees a leaf blowing in the wind, zoom. You know, she's off speeding down mm -hmm. the drive, and her awareness of my voice is gone, a possible approaching car. Everything mm -hmm. else goes out the window, and she's at risk of being hurt. And so mindfulness for me is what is it that helps keep us from doing that same thing, not necessarily chasing leaves, but, you know, just mm -hmm. running off on these tangents that take us out of what's really happening in the moment. Yeah, my mind goes into tangents, that's for sure. And I guess oh, that's yeah. true with all of us. It but, is. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm wondering if there are any examples of times when you felt, gee, this just is not working for me. This whole mindfulness thing, is this really legit? What's happening here? Is this, what is this? Have you ever had any doubts or difficulties doing mindfulness and, and practicing it in your life? Yeah. And sometimes I still do. And, and one of the things, uh, I guess an area where it comes up for me is, you know, in raising a child, uh, that, mm -hmm. that can be super challenging. Um, you know, any parent out there can tell you, you know, no matter how many times you've told your child to do something a certain way, if they don't do it that way, for me, I find myself, I can start getting angry. And sometimes the anger becomes the thing instead of really focusing on what was the point of the lesson that I'm trying to teach. And, you know, there's, there's the risk of where mindfulness sometimes for me doesn't work is that sometimes I feel like I could err on the other side and being too lenient and so it's, it's often finding that balance. And I guess mindfulness in the way that it can help is for me to come back to, okay, what is it that really is going on here? What is it that I want to teach? What is it that's, um, you know, happening? I don't know if that's a good answer for your question about where I have doubts about mm -hmm. mindfulness, but it, it's just, it's, it can sometimes be a challenge between all of the elements when you're trying to balance things that make sense? It does make sense. I can really identify with that, Michael, because, you know, there are certain times when I think, oh, you know, I, I can give that person the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm, you know, that person is not taking advantage of me or is he, you know? And then I think, yeah. am I being mindful or am I being, am I just letting somebody walk all over me? <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I can really identify with what you're saying, Michael. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm certainly interested in your career and your career as a coach and what you do in that area. I, I'm wondering if you ever have any specific examples of a specific person that you've been coaching and you thought, gee, you know, this person isn't focused. This person is just really having trouble. And then you used mindfulness and your different techniques and you really witnessed a transformation. Do you have any examples like that you could share? It's interesting because for me, I, I bring mindfulness into almost every aspect of my coaching because I think where we as human beings run into our biggest issue is when we let our minds go and what our minds are designed to think. 
and to make meaning. And so what happens, I find with my clients, is that, you know, maybe something happens in their life. And let me use a, a real-world example. You know, this uh, gentleman I was coaching, his girlfriend broke up with him. It happens to all of us, you know, at some point in our life, probably, mm -hmm. a, a, you know, we're going to go through a breakup. We're going to get our heart broken. The fact of the matter is the breakup happened. But what he was doing was he was letting his mind make up these stories about what that meant about him or what it meant about her, as opposed to it just being a fact of what happened. And so that's where mindfulness comes in. It's like, okay, tune into your mind. Just because she broke up with you doesn't mean that you're not lovable. No. So don't let your mind go down that path. And I, I know I'm simplifying it right now mm -hmm. for the you know sake of the show, but that's typically, in a nutshell, what our minds do. We go down these crazy paths and so with all of my clients, I try to bring them back into, okay, what is the fact of what happened and what is the story that you're making up? And then let's look at it. Is that story really true? And so we take it from there, but it all boils down to being mindful of your stories. So Michael, I know you've been an actor for quite some time and being an actor can present a number of challenges most of us might not even realize. Tell us how you use mindfulness to help you through some of these acting challenges you've done. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really great question because in my acting career, I dealt with a lot of other actors as friends that would get so depressed and bummed out if they didn't get a role or if, if, um, or if they had a role even and they just didn't feel like they were getting it down. And, and so that's where mindfulness came in for me. It's like I would meditate and relax and I think part of what came to me during my mindfulness practices is that, hey, it's we're just passing through. It's just really don't make everything out to be so big, and especially in the rejection aspect is to not take it personally and realize that it's just part of the bigger picture. And as long as you can remain mindful of that, it really eases up everything. And, and quite honestly then, the impact shows up in your auditioning. Because if you go in there thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get rejected again, or oh, what if I get rejected, or all of those other things, it really interferes with you being in your full creative potential. So mindfulness was super important for me. You talked about being a parent and having a child. I know you and I both have a 13-year-old son. Can you think back to a specific time when you wished you had used mindfulness? <laughs> Far too many times. Yeah, um, you know, one of the challenges, I think, of being a parent is that we get caught up. Let me just keep this in the first person. I get caught up in my own agenda, in my own schedule. Like, I have to be here. I have to do this. I have to get this done. And sometimes the parenting piece gets in the way. There's the needs of the child. And... It could be that those needs are immediate, but sometimes it's, you know, they're just, it, it could be a little bit of them just daddy this, daddy that. And so for me, there are many times that I wished I had been more mindful about just saying, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Let's sit for a minute and chat. And and then let me get back to what it is that I need to do. And especially, maybe this comes in for you as well, Bruce, is working from home. As a podcaster, I work from home. My prior jobs, I've often worked from home. And it can be a challenge when your child is there wanting your attention 
and you have to focus on, on work or something else. Yeah, it really can be a challenge. Yeah, I've worked out in my home for over 10 years. And yeah, just what's going on in your home does have an effect for sure. And you have to just separate yourself from it. Michael, you told us a story about a relationship breakup. Would you expand on some ways, Mindful Tribe, where we can make our relationships stronger by using mindfulness? Yeah, um, I, I continue to use it every day in my relationship now. Unfortunately, my wife is also a coach and and teaches mindfulness, and she's a yoga instructor, so it's you know somewhat in her nature. And it, it it's super important for me in relationship to notice when you get triggered, to notice if I, I got I get upset because of something that she did or something that she said or something she didn't do <laughs> often that's we get upset with our partners because they don't do something that we want them to do and for me the mindfulness aspect comes in it's like okay first notice my upset and then start to instead of blaming and pointing outwards and you know focus my anger or upset towards the external source my partner to really look at okay well what is it about this that that upsets me. Why am I really upset? And for instance, if it's, you know, you might say, well, I'm upset because you didn't pick up your clothes off the floor. When that's not necessarily the issue, it may just be that you're upset that um, you're not feeling supported or maybe that there's, there's something else going on that is really happening. It's not about the not picking it up. And that's where mindfulness comes in to really get into your own self and feel, okay, what is it that's going on with me? Because it's not about the clothes laying on the floor. It's something else. Yes, I can identify with that. I want to ask you, when you think back to your childhood, do you ever remember any reason why you might now be the person you are dealing with spiritualism, dealing with mindfulness? Do you remember something that took you (laughs) in that direction? I don't know if this necessarily took me in that in that direction per se, but I thought about this strangely enough just the other day. So it's funny that you ask, Bruce. But when I was in, I, I think it must have been seventh or eighth grade. I remember writing a paper about myself, and I remember on the on the cover sheet of the paper. I used a quote, and I don't even remember who the quote was from, but it, the quote was that the mo- one of the most difficult things in life is to know yourself. And so it's, I guess that was really a first stage when it started to intrigue me about, you know, who am I? What am I about? What are, and then to the larger scheme of it, what are we about as humans being here on this planet? And so I guess that was probably the first step towards that uh, study of ontology and the study of, of my own nature. All right. So it could have shaped your whole pathway way back there in seventh grade. That's, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild. Mindfulness is also about discipline. And I want to talk about discipline because that's something that sometimes I have a challenge with. And sometimes here at Mindful Tribe, I know we all have a challenge with discipline. How do you discipline yourself to remain mindful every day or to do that meditation time or that quiet time, all the different pieces of mindfulness that you put into your life? How do you keep yourself disciplined, Michael? Yeah, man, Bruce, you're asking some great questions and some tough ones here. 
if we can pay attention to what triggers us, I think that's a, a good step to help. So if you know the things that trigger you either into a daydream or something that may trigger you into anger or upset of some sort, if you notice those and you kind of become aware like, oh, hey, when this happens, I find myself going down this path, then maybe just take that moment. And this and this is the practice here is shortening the the span of time, shortening the gap between when you get triggered, when your mind goes off on a tangent, and when you realize that your mind has gone off on a tangent. If you can shorten the gap between those two instances, to me, that's the practice. And so one good thing I, I think as well as it's important and it helps me is not to beat myself up for it when I've noticed that I've gone off in one of these things and just go, oh, hey, I, I just noticed I, I've been on autopilot for the last 30 minutes or hour <laughs> or whatever it is. Okay, that's fine. Now I'm aware and I'm going to bring myself back into mindfulness and awareness of what I'm doing and take it from there. And so that's one of the ways that I, I like to create a stick to about it is bringing awareness to it. Michael, you know, that's very helpful to just think of it that way. Think of it, and especially that that point you made about not beating yourself up. You know, I've certainly done that in the past to myself, and, and it is so helpful to just remember, don't beat yourself up. Don't do that, Bruce. Just don't do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, yeah. Michael, you, you may know I've worked in bullying prevention for a number of years, and I'm just uh, interested in, a, in your take on mindfulness as it relates to bullying. Maybe you've seen a situation. Maybe you have an example of someone who is bullied and mindfulness seemed to really make a difference. Maybe you have a real-life story you can share. Do you have something you can, you can share with us in, involved in the bullying topic? I do and I don't. So let me clarify that. I know it's kind of a weird answer, but I don't really have anything around bullying in the children, mm -hmm. but I have more about bullying from the adult spectrum. Sure. And it's and it's not to think that it doesn't happen as adults. And the way I'm talking about is even in relationships, you know, a partner can bully the other partner. And so one of the ways that I coach clients through a bullying aspect is to, again, being mindful and bringing awareness that what's going on is not your issue. It's the other person's issue. And often when someone is bullying in an adult relationship, and it could be in, you know, a, certainly an adolescent or childhood relationship as well, but the person who is bullying is typically struggling with their own self-worth. Mm -hmm. And if, and this is where I think it's easier for an adult to grasp this and use this practice than it might be for a child. But as an adult, if you can realize that in that situation, and instead of being triggered by it and reacting with whatever your normal go-to reaction might be, whether it's anger or uh, you know, disconnectedness where you just want to walk away. If you can react to it of just saying, yeah, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Tell me more. What it does is it's almost like a judo move or Aikido. It, it, you're actually catching the other person off balance. You're letting their force flow through instead of meeting it with resistance. Because when there's resistance, of course, that's what a bully wants is the back and forth. Right. And so I, I think that's a, a great practice is just to hear the other person, let them know that you're hearing them, 
and don't take it personally. Know that it's their stuff. And you'll find that it often dissipates the whole situation. And it's a practice I like to teach. Yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. Bullying happens with adults. And in the workplace, I I often work with adults who have been uh, bullied in the workplace. Michael, my next questions are part of my favorite segment, the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first question. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Oh, man, that's a tough one. There's just so many mm-hmm. um, along the, the way. So I guess if I just had to credit one person, I would have to say uh, Buddha, since that's the path I follow. Right. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Well, kind of like uh, what we talked a little bit about is I just don't let my emotions get in my way anymore. So that is, I know that all emotions stem from my thoughts. And if my thoughts are controllable through mindfulness, then I can control my emotions. And I know also that just like my thoughts, uh, emotions are simply passing through as well. So that's a practice I use. Right. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. <laughs> oh, man, Bruce, <laughs> the, the breath is such a great mindfulness tool because it's constant, at least right. until we die. <laughs> and so right. uh, it provides me with a focal point to go back to whenever my mind's running down the road, I stop thinking of other things and focus on my breath, just breathing in, breathing out. If you could recommend a book which would help somebody in their life or in their mindfulness practice, what book would it be? Oh, man, could I recommend two? <laughs> oh, sure, I'll let you Okay, do that. okay, thanks. I like to break the rules. All right, so one is The Sound of Silence, which is the selected teachings of Ajahn Sumedho, and Ajahn's the Thai word for teacher, and that's a great collection for reflecting on mindfulness. And then the other one is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Now, that's not something you might normally consider a book on mindfulness, but if you dig into it, you'll see that it reveals the many ways that we as a society have gone to sleep and what it could be like to wake up and become mindful once again. Great book. I love that book. I really do. Yeah. (laughs) Can you share an app which would help someone be more mindful? Uh, Yeah, I love my Insight Timer. It's not that the app helps me become more mindful per se, but it keeps me meditating more because it's fun and it connects me with other mindful folks and it helps me to track my meditations. Wow, I like that one too. Yeah. That's so cool. What advice would you give a person who is new to mindfulness? I would say stay open to what you know to be true for yourself. So if you're approaching mindfulness through meditation, then know that there are many, many ways to meditate and none of them are wrong if they work for you. So I, I see so many people who allow themselves to get caught up in the duality of right and wrong when it comes to this. But there is no right and wrong. Just stay aware, notice things. And I like to think of it as though I'm uh, using the observation skills of Sherlock Holmes, who notices everything. Just be that way. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Tell us how Mindful Tribe can uh, connect more with you and maybe get more involved with what you do in your podcast and so on, Michael. Yeah, I love engagement from, you know, folks out in the mindful world and conscious evolution. And so the best way would be to go to my website, michaelneely.com. And from there, they can listen to the 
podcasts. They can uh, comment on stuff and get connected and, and engage in the conversation. And they could also, from there, I, I think it's the best root place because from there they can connect to the Facebook page too where we carry on these conversations and get involved. Right. And I just love your interviews. I just love the material you put on there. And I want to clarify to everybody, here's the spelling, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Neely is N-E-E-L-E-Y.com, michaelneely.com. It's a great site, a terrific podcast for you to get involved with listening to. And Michael, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners here at Mindful Tribe? Oh man. Um, you know, just keep, keep paying attention. Just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, obviously if you've found this show and you're listening to Bruce, you're on the right path. And so stay with it and invite other friends to follow because I think the more we get the whole world to wake up, the better off we're all going to be. And one more plug, Bruce is going to be on my show, hopefully soon. Yes, so I am. I, I'm nailing you down on this, Bruce, so you can't back out of it now. <laughs> <laughs> I would be honored to be on your show, and I will be on your show soon, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. All the best to you, Michael. Same to you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.